Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, I'm Ali Souk. Last episode, we were honoured to meet PSA Queensland Pharmacist of the Year 2021 award winner Bridget Torterman. Bridget shared her pharmacy journey with us, spanning her early career days to her current role as the COO of White Retail Group and White Medical Group. She imparted valuable practical advice, including how to combine elements of creativity, openness, emotional intelligence, business, and health to build a successful pharmacy career. In this episode, we're excited to be joined by Sam Turner, the operational manager of digital health company Script. Sam has been in the industry since he was 14. From an early age, he was influenced by many great pharmacists and pharmacy owners during this interview, Sam shared his intriguing journey in the pharmacy world from a student leader, an active networker, a pharmacy manager, a locum pharmacist, PSA Queensland branch committee member, to becoming the operational manager at the digital health company Script. He shared with us his challenges, advice, and tips to achieving the successful pharmacy career that he has today. If you are a pharmacy student, an early career pharmacist, you will definitely gain many insights into Sam's diverse experiences. Without further ado, let's welcome Sam. Hey Sam, how are you today? Good, Ali. Thanks. Welcome to your pharmacy career podcast. We can't wait to get to know your story. You have over 10 years of pharmacy experience as a manager, locum pharmacist, you're also involved extensively in professional organizations, industry representation over the last five years, including Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, Pharmacy Development Australia, Digital Health Agency. So when and how did you decide to pursue a career in pharmacy? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess my over 10 years experience takes me back almost um, to my student and even before then you know, high school days where I was uh, 14 years old at the Terry White Chemist in the Myers Center, 2008. We, I was a part of this. That was the year after I started and we got the Pharmacy of the Year, the Guild Pharmacy of the Year. So I was surrounded by some really amazing people at that pharmacy and being one of White's pharmacies with, with Cos Glavos and people like Aaron D'Souza and Tim Hodgson and 
Dean Totterman, they were some people that I really looked up to throughout my student years. So I stayed there straight after high school. I did a year of exercise science, so I didn't always want to be a pharmacist. A year of exercise science and then realized when I got a bit more experience in the store that I guess I, um, I really enjoyed pharmacy. I thought I was, you know, kind of good at it. So yeah, I decided to pursue a career in pharmacy and throughout uni just took, I was told from the beginning with the people that I was surrounded just to get involved as much as I can. And I really took the opportunity at university to get involved in, in uh, both the student organizations and then professional societies and go to as many events as I could. And that really helped blossom, I guess, my career and my network and friends and colleagues that I was able to make that led me to everything else. So, yeah. Well, while you're at university, you're heavily involved with student leadership. The QUT Pharmacy Student Association president. You're also the national president of National Australian Pharmacy Student Society. So what are some skill sets you picked up as a student leader? Getting involved in uh, organizations and learning things like committee, governance structure, all of those kind of things really allowed me to understand how I can collaborate in a team at an effective level. So you always learn teamwork in things like high school or you learn teamwork in uh, sort of group assignments and just basic sort of life skills. But realistically, from a strategic point perspective, if you're looking at actually trying to understand how organizations work, how businesses actually run and how, you know, at a quite a high level things can actually get achieved. It's really important to sort of surround yourself in situations where you can work collaboratively with people that have, you know, a really good experience. So even as a student, when I was going to APLF meeting, which is the pharmacy liaison forum that have representatives from each organization there, or if it were just that sitting in on a PSA branch committee meeting for the Queensland committee at the time, you know, seeing how those operated and how things worked successfully and how things worked maybe not as successfully in some circumstances allowed me to sort of learn and, and work out, okay, well, if I'm going to get involved in these things, how can I, you know, how can I make them work in my working environments as well? So the skills, to come back to your question, I guess are pretty intangible. You don't learn that in the four walls of the pharmacy. And that I guess, enabled me to sort of do things slightly outside the four walls, like what, you know, I'm doing at the moment. First year out and be the pharmacy manager, what did you learn from that experience and also transition from a pharmacist to a pharmacy manager? Yeah, totally. I mean, it did help having a, a good background in community pharmacy, sort of understanding all areas of the business coming from, you know, the person, the young girl or guy working at the front counter to the uh, the students that you might have working under you. I found it truly beneficial to get away from, so getting out of my comfort zone, right? So moving, it was three and a half hours north of Brisbane. Certainly those opportunities are a lot more available if you're willing to go and find them. So when it comes to not just, you know, position wise, but remuneration and things like that, you know, moving away from the city whilst you're in early stages of your career is truly beneficial. And I sort of saw it as a way to leapfrog my experience. So I'm kind of the person that likes to feel uncomfortable in a situation where I can challenge myself. So if I were to just stay in Brisbane, I thought, well, you know, I might be working under one or two pharmacists for three or four years before I actually got an opportunity to say manage or 
you know, show incremental change in a business, but this was a way that I could sort of use some of my ideas and it was quite flexible what I was able to do when it came to, you know, engagement with the community and, and, and things. So a lot of the ideas that I wanted to do and that I had for the business, I was able to implement, you know, the owner of that store specifically wasn't in Harvey Bay. So they, you know, it was good. They gave me a lot of flexibility, a lot of responsibility for the store. But in turn, I also was able to prove myself and, and that only, you know, increased that, that kind of uh, flexibility. I think realistically, you got to always look in the mid to long term. Okay, where do I want to be in the next three, three years, right? Do I want to get to a stage where I'm comfortable in running a pharmacy on my own? Okay, well, how am I going to get there? So set yourself incremental change over that time. But in this situation for me, it was realistically, I, I knew that I could do it. One of the biggest challenges, I'll be completely honest, was managing staff. And I think most pharmacist managers, owners will say that. Everything else kind of comes naturally when you're a pharmacist or when you're a good pharmacist, you tend to, you know, pick up things like clinical and, and customer service and that, you know, it all comes naturally to, to, to most of us. But dealing in team environments where you've got people of different, you know, age and, and different backgrounds and some of them are just there to get their paycheck and probably don't want them in your business for very long and some of them are, will do anything to help you out. So I found, uh, you know, learning about how I could assist or how I could manage the team. I was probably one of the most challenging but rewarding things that I learned during that period. And if I wasn't in the position of being the store manager, then I probably would have let a lot of it go or not had the ability to actually, you know, get that experience. So that skill set is also really important for you today. Now you're the operational manager. Yeah. What is Script Venture? Script Venture, it's originally it was built from an idea from a friend of mine and his business partners, Lloyd Smith, and, and he came together with his friend, Josh Doolan, who's a software engineer with a company in Mudbath in Newcastle. And they came together with this idea of just one idea that they had for pharmacy. Let me tell you now that that CRM that they created, the customer relationship management, it's evolved into a hundred ideas that we're trying to put together to make a best in market and we're positioning ourselves as a digital transformation uh, group for pharmacy. The CRM, which is the customer relationship management software, is just one product that we sort of provide. We provide dispensary solutions, so point of sale dispense. We, we partner with a number of vendors for that. We've just built a MySL application that's been rolled out to some specific vendors, which are going to use that as their active script list. So they're using that as part of their conformance to be able to deliver active script lists for pharmacies. There are other players out there that are doing things similar. The difference in what we're trying to provide at Script is, I guess, modernized cloud-based structure. So it's, it's making it easy for the pharmacy to engage with. It's not clunky. It's not you know, old tech. It's actually something that's exciting. And we want to delight customers that use our product as well. So how did you get into that space? I mean, I've always had an interest in digital health, especially in pharmacy. So back when, uh, probably three or four years ago, and they were starting to roll out uh, heavily the My Health Record through the ADHA, the Australian Digital Health Agency, there were they tried to create a network where we had pharmacists from all around Australia who had interests or some background in, in um, digitalization, and so that kind of gave me the first glimpse of what 
the government's spending money on uh, mm-hmm. with regard to digital health, but also what pharmacy's focus was on in digital health as well. And so to be a part of that at the time and the My Health record was one thing. It gave me a good understanding of what some of the gaps and I guess barriers or things that were preventing it from doing well. So it gave me some insight in that as well. But realistically, when I came home from overseas last year, I'd been doing a lot of locuming. So for two or three years, I'd been on and off sort of locuming, but I'd also been doing a lot of travel, which was really quite beneficial for myself and my partner. We went overseas and we were in Canada for close to two years. And uh, I, I was locuming around. I didn't really know what I was looking for the right opportunity. It was the midst of COVID and I was like, oh, just apply for a full-time job in a pharmacy. And I didn't know if it was the right trajectory as to where I wanted to go. But this opportunity came about from a friend of mine who is the founder of the company. And he sort of said, look, I need a little, need a bit of help at the moment. You'd be perfect from an engagement perspective with your background. We need someone with context because we've got some amazing people are part of the team, but to have another pharmacist was really supportive for him. And I thought, well, it's, you know, it's a good challenge and it, and it really has given me a, um, a different background or a different experience, not only to a digital side of pharmacy, which I feel like I'm quite across now, but even just working in a different environment in more of a corporate structure, you know, that some people, I've always looked down at that type of thing, but at the same time, it does provide some pretty genuine, like positive experiences in, in those type of teams. So it's been great. Well, you mentioned that you went locuming. A lot of pharmacists are interested and want to know more. Do you have any advice or tips you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually found locuming an extremely important and valuable part of my career journey. Okay, so I didn't do it straight away, but after having some experience working full time and then managing, to be able to locum, I probably in the space of about two years, and this was while I was coming back and forth from overseas, I'd come home for a few months and I'd locum in different places, probably locum in 30 or 40 different stores. And to see different locuming is the best way to get a big picture on how something or how community pharmacy should be. There's a few reasons for that. You see the amazing things and you see the really bad things and you see the things that, oh, okay, I'm going to take that little that little idea from that store and I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it as an example that might work really well in this store. And so I kind of found it truly rewarding to be able to both uh, use the experience I had to go and you know, it's almost like an assessment for yourself, right? If you can go and take your experience from one store and then go and implement it as a locum elsewhere and people say oh you know that's a really it's really good or I like how you dealt with that or whatever or we do it this way all those things it's like you're putting yourself up to the test and I found that I could work a lot more independently after the experience of just going and there's nothing like throwing yourself in the deep end like going and locuming somewhere in the middle of nowhere for two weeks without any other support. Was there anything else? It's a great way to see all different type, all different areas, or do all different parts of the country. Yeah. So, I went to, I did some locuming in Townsville. I did some locuming for quite a while in Yapoon. These are all Queensland, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was some uh, time last year and the year before that the travel was a little restricted. Mm-hmm. But even when 
I went down to a PSA conference. I made sure I stayed there for a week or so and, mm. and did some locuming around Sydney as well. Maryborough, yeah, all over. And some of it was from people that I knew. So I wanted to go and work and experience uh, from people that, you know, I'd created relationships with through whatever in previous years. And some of it was just ad hoc. Hey, they needed someone. And I was like, yeah, I'll go and do that. It was a really good opportunity to, yeah, see different parts of, of Australia. And I know people that have done it a lot more than myself that have used it as an opportunity to almost do a lap of the country. So from 2017 to 2018, you're the Queensland branch community member with PSA. Could you please share with us your role as a community member and what experience have you gained from this position? PSA for me was an excellent opportunity to be as involved in the profession as I could. I I left NAPSA as a student and was really looking for opportunity where I could be involved, have positive change, you know, have influence on protocols, have influence on, you know, things that were really shaping the profession at the time. So whilst the branch committee kind of only focuses on things that are relevant to Queensland and what PSA are doing for Queensland, being a part of the PSA in a branch committee position gives you the opportunity to be a part of other things within the organization. So if they have a, you know, interest group in something like digital health or pharmacy services that reach out to people within those you know circles to see who has experience here or who who's going to be able to give a positive experience on that so it really enabled me to be around people that were making positive change but also I've always been of the opinion that to have influence you need to be a part of those groups so that you can actually voice them and so yeah it was it was a good step into again those circles that can potentially facilitate change. Now, I know, you know, since you joined the pharmacy profession, since you were a 14-year-old, you had a lot of mentors. And what are the lessons you've learned from them? It's a really good question. And I wouldn't say there's been one person that has significantly impacted me more than others. It's been a group of people. And at different stages of my career, I've always lent on others to sort of guide me and, and get advice. And I've always found that, you know, whether it was at NAPSA and, you know, keeping in close contact with, you know, previous people that had been in my position at the time, or whether it was student and looking at, you know, pharmacists who I wanted to be like, there's been some significant mentors in my career. My preceptor was one of them. She's the best pharmacist I know. And I'm not just saying that it's because I knew that when I wanted I'd had an experience throughout pharmacy, throughout university where I had a number of people that would have been great preceptors, but I knew that I wanted to learn from, from that pharmacist. And after that, it was also, you know, there were people in business who owned pharmacies who I, I still look up to and say, okay, well, I want to, if I'm going to go down that path, I'm going to ask them lots of questions. But some of the best advice that I've been given, and it's been consistent with a lot of these mentors in some circumstances is that you got to put yourself out there. Mm. You got to challenge yourself, especially early on in my career. The advice was, you know, never say no to something, but now it's learn to say no <laughs> because there are certain things as well that, you know, you get to a stage, well, you need to focus on what is most important now and, you know, what not having one thing I learned and it was, 
it was before I went overseas is that sometimes juggling too many things at once isn't always the best thing. It's nice to do at the start of your career, but you really need to sort of zone in and say, okay, well, how am I going to be successful now? And what do I need to focus on to ensure that happens? Coming straight out of uni, though, I would say getting involved as much as you can. And for the early career pharmacists out there, if I hadn't have done all the things that I did during university and straight after leaving, I wouldn't have some of the opportunities that I'm honing in on now. And I guess that's what I'm taking away from, from those experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're such a great networker. So can you share with us your tips, advice on networking? Yeah, I, I actually had more confidence networking when I was a student than probably I do now. Not in a sense that I'm not. I guess I was just so enthusiastic and so out there that I wanted to go out and I wanted to meet all the amazing people. The one thing that I did a lot, especially when I was at NAPSA and when I was starting to meet people that were quite influential within the profession is know a lot about what they've done so that I could ask questions things that interest me or things that I, you know, I'd stay up to date with a lot of pharmacy news and I would see and make sure I knew what was going on and when, because over time the rest comes naturally if you know what's happening in the industry and what's happening in the profession, Mm. because, you know, it's, it's all can become quite relatable. So I think that all came from just a true interest. Like we're all interested in pharmacy. We're all interested in our jobs. Some of us aren't. But I was truly interested in things that, you know, were going on in the profession and I wanted to make sure that I knew the latest and that I spoke mm-hmm. to people. So I would, it sounds silly, when I was a student, I would sometimes write down things before I would go and have a meeting with a certain person. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were the questions I wanted to ask them, like an interview. <laughs> <laughs> but in a sense that like, well, you know, it was a, it was a really good way to, to get it's just good having background knowledge and, and interesting things to talk about. And then they obviously, they obviously respect you for asking the right kind of questions, especially if you're at a conference or something. You can't mm. just go up to someone and say, hi. Um, well, you can. I'm not going to discourage people from doing that. If someone wants to come up and say, hi, I'm Sam, you know, nice to meet you. I'm, that'd be great. But if you've got an interesting question to ask, it's always nice as well. <laughs> mm. Well, that's a good, a good tip. What do you think are some of the qualities and skill sets pharmacists or early career pharmacists can improve on? I remember when we were, when I was in NAPSA, we did a, we did a, like a survey at APP and we were asking pharmacists and owners and like, what do they want to see the most out of early career pharmacists? Mm. And I still, it's, it resonates because it's always something that I've said and, and enthusiasm came down as the number one thing. It wasn't knowledge. It wasn't teamwork. Whilst those are important things, it was enthusiasm and it's enthusiasm for what you're doing. Mm. So if you're a hospital pharmacist mm. and you know, you're aiming to try and specialize in cardiovascular or ICU or whatever, you are doing it because you're enthusiastic about it. Mm. You know, obviously, that's what you want to do. And if you're not enthusiastic about it, maybe it's not the right thing you should be doing. Maybe you should be going into community pharmacy because like myself, I want to be a community pharmacist because I love and I'm enthusiastic about community pharmacy. I want to get into ownership. You know, those are the things that I'm enthusiastic about. So it comes down to passion. If you're passionate about something, you're going to be good at it because even if you're not, you're going to try and achieve, you're going to strive to be good at it. <laughs> so 
find that area of the profession that you're really interested in. There's lots of different levels of community pharmacy, whether it's, you know, someone might just want to go and be that one pharmacist in that town that's, mm. you know, for rural because they can learn all these different skill sets that they might not get if they're in the city or mm. vice versa. You might want to be that amazing pharmacist in that pharmacy that runs a thousand scripts a day. People might say, oh, that's a sausage factory. Well, no, mm-hmm. you can have busy pharmacies and you can still be providing amazing service and amazing, you know, and it actually takes a special kind of person to run that type of business because mm. I've seen it. And, you know, uh, that is someone who's passionate at what they're doing. So, you know, we can't discredit those situations and just be passionate and, and enthusiastic about what you're doing. What advice would you give to students on internship preparation? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's something I thought a lot about because internship, I've seen it. It does shape quite significantly how a person not only becomes the pharmacist they need to be, but also their view on pharmacy. So I've seen, more importantly, I've seen internships go horribly wrong for some people Mm. and they just weren't in the right environment around the right mentors Mm. and around the right people. And I think if you're a preceptor out there, for one, you need to realize how important it is for you to actually drive motivation for your colleague because they're at a position where they're thinking, oh, you know, they're already sold into pharmacy or they're doing the internship. So they're like, if I don't like it now, I'm not never going to like it, which isn't mm-hmm. true either because mm-hmm. I also know people had terrible internships that finally got a good opportunity as a pharmacist and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't realize how bad I had it. For students uh, going into internship to prepare for that, I think it's important to find the right preceptor. Mm-hmm. So don't go to a pharmacy because you think it's amazing pharmacy. Every single time you need to ask them who will be my preceptor and am I going to get along well with them? Are they mm-hmm. going to you know, allocate time to me. It's so important because essentially they're the ones shaping the kind of practice and, you know, are they doing the right things? Mm. You know, you want to learn good habits yeah. um, as well. And more importantly, when it comes to preparing for the actual year, mm-hmm. you know, have time away from pharmacy. Sometimes people think oh, I'm working Monday to Friday and then I've got to study. Mm. Okay. Keep your AMH beside your bed, pick it up, read a chapter before you go to bed. That was how I studied. I found that understanding was the best way and mm-hmm. navigating resources, et cetera. But make sure that you've got time in your week just to not think about pharmacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that comes to early career pharmacists as well. People that are early in their careers tend to involve themselves so heavily in their work that sometimes mm-hmm. they forget that. that it's not the only thing that matters in their life. You know, you need to spend time with friends and family and, and partners and, and make sure that you're doing it all for the right reasons. Yeah, definitely a good point. Now, you mentioned about going to a different conference, APP, NAPSA conference, their students. So my question is, as a student, how do we know who do we approach? Which pharmacist do we approach? And especially early on in our career, we don't know exactly our path and where we want to go, our goal is. What's the best way to find the right mentor? I think it's important to challenge things. So if you hear a if you hear a certain opinion, whether it's on a panel at a conference or if it's a, you know, topic that 
you feel strongly about or even if you don't, it's important to hear what people say about it but also think, is that right or is that just their opinion, right? So one, what I'm trying to get out there is that it's in, people like to be challenged. So sometimes in a networking situation, if there's the ability to create a conversation by saying, oh, you know, what did you think about this? My thoughts are actually, you know, I think this, people will see that as an intellectual response, right? So create your own opinion about things before you just absorb what others are saying. Because if you're in a networking situation, if, I'm, if I were to have a student come up to me and say, you know, I heard this person talking about this or, you know, I saw your presentation on this, you know, I've got a couple of questions or I wanted to ask you why you think this way. It means that they've actually, you know, they're actually, you can tell for one that they're engaged, that they've, you know, made up their own opinion about something, but they're also willing to talk about it. And that's the best way to network is discuss and and learn from each other and and collaborate and, and come to conclusions. And they won't always be the same. <laughs> but I do find sometimes students get a little bit nervous or they get in awe of a experienced pharmacist or someone who seems confident in what they're talking about and they'll just sort of nod and accept. But if they can if they can challenge certain things or agree as to why they agree or sorry, communicate as to why they agree with what this person's saying, then I think that's you know, that shows uh, a difference to just you can break a little bit out of the mold there it is important to read more about what's happening in the industry i read more pharmacy news as a student than i did any time after mm. i was it was like okay i've got my three years and i've got to learn all things i can at uni so i can learn to be a pharmacist and i've got to learn everything that i can within the three years as to what's actually going on in my profession because mm. again I wanted to know what I was getting myself into, mm-hmm. right? And also, you know, where the opportunities were. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, I should, do I want to be a community pharmacist for the rest of my life or do I want to mm-hmm. do something else in pharmacy? Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to sort of see where the opportunities were and see where I could differentiate myself or, mm-hmm. or be a part of it. You asked about how we identify mentors yeah. as well. I think, it can't, again, it comes back to... For a student that may not have a lot of experience in community pharmacy, they probably just got to try and they would have to talk to some of their friends or some of the people that they know in the industry as to try and get referrals because it is hard just walking into a pharmacy and saying, you know, or there's a job advertisement and they're looking for an intern and you think, oh, this is my only chance. Mm. I guarantee you majority of internships that are offered aren't advertised. And all it needs is that if I were a pharmacist in a pharmacy, let's say in the city, and I was running a medium to high volume pharmacy, and a student came in and said, I can see what you're doing. I really like some of the service you're providing. I can see your customers are happy. I've heard really good things about this pharmacy. I want to put myself out there and I want to see if you're interested in taking an internship. If that pharmacist or if that owner sees the passion and the enthusiasm, that that student has, if they don't have a position for them, they'll find someone who does, Mm. right? So it just comes to, you know, identify the pharmacy that you want to work for and Mm. just go up to them. Don't wait for a job ad because if you can then put yourself forward as someone who is enthusiastic and Mm. who is 
keen to learn, even if you don't know anything, if mm. you've never worked in pharmacy yourself, if you can show that you're passionate about it and enthusiastic, like I said earlier, that's, that's the one thing that owners are looking for. They're not, they're not always looking for the, the straight seven student. Mm. They're looking for the full package. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.